following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. Depending on your age and scene, you either know Don Burns best as the guy from the spirit of radio CFNY or Dr. Trance from Energy 108. Don Burns passed away almost seven years ago, but a few years prior to that, he dropped by the Humble and Fred studio for a long-form discussion about his time at CFNY. Let's revisit Don Burns on Humble and Fred. Should I quickly tell the story? We were working together. It started in the summer of 1989. Oh, yeah. We were in the studio, and uh, we had just sort of been working together for a couple months, and we, I don't know, there was a pretty good chemistry between the two of us. We laughed at a lot of the same stupid things as we do now, and... um, we were excited about something. We were having like one of those laughing, the kind of. Oh, yeah. It was just a great moment. It was the kind of yeah. laughter you, when you first meet someone, you, mm-hmm. you, you get, you're very, um, <laughs> just everything was giddy and weird and mm-hmm. we just laughed. And at one point we had gotten into this laughing uh, fit where we couldn't talk. And then uh, he was sitting on the other side of the room, mm-hmm. and I went to, after the break was over, I went to do something. I, I was looking to the right, if I recall, and my left arm was on the table as I was looking at something, and I didn't notice that he got up from his, where he was, which is kind of across from where he is now, and he came around the side of the, uh, the table, <laughs> and for reasons I've really never understood except for the giddiness of the moment, he took out his dink, nice. and he <laughs> He rubbed it against my arm. (laughs) (laughs) It was the kind of thing that made me laugh so fucking hard. Oh, you renegade. It was just just so funny to me. I love that story. Everybody used to do that. (laughs) (laughs) What's the problem? That's right. It was was 83 Kennedy Road south of Brampton at CFNY at the time. I don't know. Were you at the PD at the time? No. No, I I wasn't. That was Kingsbury, I guess. That voice you just heard was uh, the gentleman that was doing Afternoon Drive at the time had been part of this radio station for so long and and it's rich history and he's he's one of those people that uh, will go been, away. He, well, he's a great guy and he's a, a very interesting character in the in the evolution of CFNY, the spirit of radio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now we're glad to have him in our studio. It's Don Burns, everyone. Thank you. Honor. Thank you very much. Thanks for the clap. Really, since we started uh, doing this show, Don, your name keeps popping up as a guest we would have again because of your heritage with as part of our heritage at CFNY. You know, it's funny because I I have said this to (laughs) Fred on several occasions. When I got to that radio station in 1989, I had no understanding 
of the history and the heritage. And ironically enough, as I've been in the market the 25 years after, I often think it's too bad I didn't appreciate it then the way I have come to appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly what it you mean. Took me all, it was, I was a, like a fish out of water in that whole thing. Oh, you have to. I think you have to be from Toronto to understand or have maybe have uh, maybe be here long enough like you have to uh, to get the stories to understand what it was all about. And Freddie was there longer than I was. I mean, he was there when I got there and he, he, he you were there at the little yellow house, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was, which I never visited, believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, even though I was doing the IDs for the station at the time. Well, that's another thing, because if you listen to old CFNY segment, and in fact, there's a, a website, spiritofradio.ca or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, a lot of the old positioners and IDs for CFNY, it was Don Burns. That voice, I heard that voice long before I met the man. Yeah, I was doing the IDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it just came out of uh, me being a friend with David Marsden mm-hmm. and uh, having the voice that he wanted on the IDs and, uh, and giving him an excuse to come to the States. I was doing some commercials for him as well before that, before he went to CFNY. He had a, a, a commercial production house called lip service <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i was doing some of the, the spots for him and, and bill gilliland from ahead music and uh he said you know would you mind doing some ids I, i'm just starting at the station and i want to get a, a fresh voice so i started doing those and we did them uh here in toronto we did them in dallas and san diego kansas city wherever i was working at the time and uh so my voice became the, mm-hmm. the id voice for cfny and then when they had uh, they had an opening, uh, he said, "Come on, let's let's get you in here. Let's get you up here." You know, I, I often think about the time, the summer of 1989. It was uh, a big deal for me to come to Toronto. I wanted to be this morning guy in the city, and I thought this is a great opportunity. And I walk into this culture that I, again, in the 25 years since I've lived here, I've had so many people, not just Fred, but fans of the radio station kind of educate me and you sort of see what it meant to a lot of people when it opened up in the late 70s and that 10 years of the spirit of radio it made no sense to me then it of course makes sense to me now there's never been a radio station and you've worked like a, a lot of different markets as i have there's never been a radio station i think that meant more to so many people um of a time, and I'm not even talking about the edge years. I'm talking about the spirit of radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, because, it's hard to describe to people. It's because it was a very personal thing. Right. The station, for a long time, could only be heard west of Young Street mm-hmm. in Toronto, uh, if you were lucky. Uh, people who listened to it felt very attached to it. Mm-hmm. They would tell their friends, and it was like this club. It, yeah. it kept getting bigger and bigger, but it was still a very personal thing with them uh, because the station was was very rebellious. Because the the program director of the station was willing to get on the radio and 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 beg for a petition uh, to keep the station on when the financial times were tough uh, to get to get people to respond, and people did respond. And what made the magic? was he was also a program director who you would sit in his office and he'd say, take a chance. You know, where a lot of people now, a lot of program directors want you to keep your mouth shut and play the yeah. music. Exactly. And don't take chances yeah. and play by the format. Marsden was disappointed if you didn't take a chance. And if it didn't work, it was, well, you've learned that didn't work. Try something new. And, and again, that was what made the station so unique. He, his his uh, philosophy at, at CFNY and at Iceberg when we were doing that uh, was walk to the edge of the cliff and then take one more step. Mm-hmm. It's nice. as simple as that. If you fall off, 
climb back up and try again. Yeah, it was great. And it's a great philosophy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny because I had heard of the radio station when I lived in Calgary. I worked at a station called Kick FM. And the guy that was my program director, we've gotten to know him a little bit, uh, Andrew Forsythe, Mm -hmm. was a big Toronto guy and a big fan of CFNY. And at the time, I remember his vision was kind of to make this station in Calgary a little bit like NY, but it wasn't the same thing. It was a different style of format. But that's sort of the only exposure I'd ever had to the idea that there was this place in Toronto. Because, you know, prior to the Internet, you know, it was kind of this bit of a, well, not mythical, but you, not everyone could hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could only have heard of it. Yeah. Which made it exclusive. And then it's a weird, it was a weird place for you and I to start because we were, our show was certainly not in, sort of in sync with the, the radio station. Do you know what I mean? It was a little bit of a little bit of yes, yes and no. First of all, Fred has the ha, Fred had, had the, the history, heritage, the yes. heritage and the history. So he and was, I had he worked with Pete and Geats. Yeah, and he yeah. worked with yeah. Pete and Geats, which worked as a team show worked uh, because of the way that they approached it. Uh, Steve Anthony, who followed Pete and Geats, didn't work because it, it just <laughs> <laughs> for a very variety of reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Don? That really helped me because Steve would get in late and wasn't total really prepared a lot of day. He just wasn't, and he would call me down the hall to sit at the table and converse with him, and that sort of set the stage for me to do what I've done ever since. Yeah, it was yeah. easy for you to, to slip into that, but yes, yeah. but that and then I mean, it's the it's the uh, on air relationship that the two of you had that really made it work because mm-hmm. you guys weren't like hey all right let's go in let's make a few jokes you know yeah. it's like you you were honest with your with the listeners and that's what listeners of cfny always wanted was honesty mm-hmm. but, and, well and the weird thing was though uh we were starting to get some good response almost immediately from the listeners but so there was a l- weird kind of faction thing going on at the radio station at the time there was Sort of the the people that wanted to keep the spirit alive, and then mm-hmm. there was a, a group of people in programming that wanted to move Play it. Phil Collins, mm-hmm. Play, they <laughs> wanted to move it forward, and you were somewhere in the middle. You were doing an afternoon show. Well, I was brought named- back. I, I was I left as program director in in uh, in eighty nine, I believe. Uh, because the faction that wanted to play Phil Collins had mm-hmm. the ear of the, of the general manager. And I said, well, you know, if Phil Collins has the number one record. We should play it. And I'm saying, no, that's not what we're all about. And that's not why I was hired. And therefore, I'm going to leave. So I left. Um, uh, conveniently um, positioning myself at McLean Hunter at Key 590, uh, because A, they offered me a, a part-time job uh, just doing oldies, but B, because I knew McLean Hunter was going to be buying Selkirk, we won't see if and why, and Reiner Schwartz, who was going to be the program director, was at the same building where I would be working, and I would be able to just conveniently go and sit in his office and talk with him for a while so that when the shift happened, I'd be able to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so and, you came back after I was hired yes, to do afternoons. to do afternoons, and uh, I, had, I had a ball. Duffer and I had a, an incredibly good time. Uh, and there was a situation, Freddie was like you. I mean, Jim Duff was the was the traffic guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this guy is just, you know, he's very, very straight and narrow. I mean, he's a straight and narrow guy, but he's just so Didn't opposite. he become a cop? <sighs> Something like that. I yeah. heard he became yeah. a cop. Yeah, and his wife became big in radio, too. She was, she became a national mm-hmm. uh, program director for, for Rogers, I think. 
Uh, that's where I saw her. When I was down there doing some commercials. Cool. Cool. Anyway, so uh, you know, it just it just worked out that the two that that he just moved into a co-hosting position because the two of us just worked out so well. So no, I was not involved with programming at the time, mm-hmm. and um, but that was a very exciting time because music was changing. And you had guys like Chris Shepard who in there who were spearheading the, yeah. the change to a more electronic uh, focused uh, techno music, uh, who were adding that to the radio station. And for a while, it became it became something. Well, it was it was polarizing with some listeners who liked rock who didn't want techno. You know, but it's funny. It, it, it opened it up again. Don mm-hmm. Burns, uh, for a lot of years, now you're hearing a little bit about Don as a radio guy, as a program director, as a, as a personality. And then there's always been this other Don Burns that that does that was sort of an MC DJ long before that was a thing. I mean, now you think about DJs and, you know, uh, Dead Mouse 5, as you call them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh <laughs> nice, Fred. Mm. But uh, <laughs> dead mouth five. Dead mouth five. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, you were that. You were. Well, by that. the way, used to sell used to sell energy drinks at raves in Toronto. Oh, really? When he was a kid. Yeah. Jesus. But you were that. Mm. You were that guy long before. You were Doctor No or something. Doctor Trance. Before oh, Doctor uh, No or somebody else actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Doctor Trance. Uh, okay, and Phil was Doctor Ho, which is another <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. But he's blown up. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I always was fascinated by the fact that you were a guy, kind of like us, entrepreneurial in spirit, that, that was going to survive doing something. You know, it's interesting. That it just kind of happened, uh, uh, thanks to Chris Shepard, who dragged me kicking and screaming one night to uh, a party at 318 Richmond downtown, mm-hmm. also known as 23 Hop, and said, this thing, these things are happening every week, and they're really exciting. You've got to see them. So I went down to see the, 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 and I started going like every week that they had these parties down there because I, I, the music was exciting. It was, it was da- disco dance, but with a real heft to yeah. it, with a real kick to it. And I, I fell in love with it. And the, the next thing, you know, raves started popping up. I went to a rave in the West Coast, a real rave in the West Coast in Los Angeles. And I did, the whole thing just went, whoa, what's going on here? And uh, I was back uh, right after that in February of 1990, I think it was 1991, one of those. I was uh, in Toronto hanging out at a nightclub, and one of the local DJs came up and asked me to play a rave. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't know how to play that music if, it, uh, <laughs> if I fell over it. But I wanted to get involved with producing it, so I said yes if I can get involved with, with actually making the thing happen because I had all these ideas from the L.A. rave. So essentially, I taught myself how to play the music. I started presenting the raves at the very early. We were the third mm-hmm. company in Toronto. And um, it I just kind of happened. It wasn't anything that I, I had a design on doing. Was it lucrative? Did you make money doing it? Uh, no. Okay. Um, well, well, occasionally, well, occasionally, hang on a second. I, Let me close this. There's a naked girl on my computer. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Where is that? <laughs> um, but what happened was it, it was... Um, it was fascinating to me because the, what happened was I, I saw this this community in Toronto that was mm-hmm. the, that at the time didn't have a lot of kids. It was just like young adults mm-hmm. who had a very similar way of thinking, a, very, a, a love for the music, a love for going out and dancing and, and really getting into the whole deal. <clears throat> Sorry. And um, uh, we weren't we didn't make that much money, but it was exciting mm-hmm. doing it. Every now and then we take home a couple of grand here and there, you know, uh, and then came black. Tuesday at CFNY where seven of us got canned, myself and Scott Turner involved at the same time. And um, Scott went to Energy 108 to do dance music, which he was really into. 
And about, I don't know, maybe six months, eight, nine months into it, I went to him and I said, you know, how about I'd just been named Dr. Trance by another DJ uh, because of the kind of music I was playing. Nobody knew what trance was. When mm-hmm. I started, right, you know. right. And this was the kind of music I was playing and not too well. Um, but uh, I came to Scott and I said, what do you think of uh, Dr. Trance show as a, as a specialty show on Energy 108? He said, yeah, let's try it for an hour every night, every Saturday. It became so popular, it was extended to two hours. I started getting hired to play. And that's when I started learning how to play the music. Really. And that's when you sort of made a job of it. And I, yeah, I made a job for like 10 years. And uh, Which again, that's, that's what fascinated me about mm-hmm. Dawn at the time, is I thought, well, here's a guy that figured this out to, to a point where you... You kind of made a, a living for yourself. Yeah, and it when was, radio sort of turned its back on you as an announcer, you invented this character. Yeah, that was, well, that was pretty cool. And it wasn't intentional; it just happened. You know, I was lucky. Knockwood. And now, and what are you doing now, Don? Now you're an actor. I'm an actor. Uh, do some voiceovers. Do some acting. I'm I'm with uh, Sketch Comedy Group. I do improv. Um, I know you've done. Uh, I do nothing. You, I just talk <laughs> seriously. What, it's all I can what, do. Yeah. What group? What? Uh, who are you working with? Or what? Uh, with, with, yeah. Or what okay, sketch well, comedy? First, or, uh, well, okay. The it? sketch comedy group uh, is called uh, Radio Project X. Okay. And you guys would like this actually because we do these shows as radio shows. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Hold yeah. well, that thought a second. Hi, who's this? Uh, it's Mark calling from Niagara Falls. I want to know who Dr. Trance's favorite guest on his show ever was. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was this guy named Grimace. Tool. <laughs> oh, you know this, this, this guy? You know yeah, this guy? This my, yeah, it's, it's Grimace. He named himself after a McDonald's character. It's uh, actually, Chris, Chris Shepard named me after McDonald's character, but that's a good character, but that's a whole other story. Hey, we appreciate you listening uh, in Niagara Falls this morning. Are you, on, uh, are you listening on the satellite? I do indeed. Nice to hear Dr. Trance and you guys back on the air. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. All right, man. Sure. Thanks for calling. Back to high school. Have a good day. Thanks, nice, Mark. Nice. Very nice. nice. That's Mark. So, uh, Mark's cool. I like it. He's Mark a really, cool. really like good Mark. DJ. Uh, Radio Project X uh, is a uh, is a group, as I said, that does uh, sketch comedy as a radio show. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the primary writers are hysterical. Uh, we are doing uh, we don't do shows all the time. We usually we, uh, when we uh, right now we just did one uh, had a great audience. We have one coming up on August thirteenth, and then on September third at the uh, so at the Social Capital Theater, which is upstairs at the Black Swan on the Danforth. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ralph McLeod and those boys. Yeah, Ralph yeah. and, uh, and great. Gordon That's a great and, uh, space, Carmine Lucarelli. Yeah. What do you mean as a radio show, though, Don? What do well, you mean? Well, we, we have, you know, like an old-time radio show. With oh, okay. Microphones, we stand up with the scripts, and we read oh, the cool. scripts in oh, the yeah. mic. Right. Okay. And uh, Hi, everyone. This is Don Burns. We're about to take to the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we sometimes, wow, well, I'm about to take to the air. That's, That's right. right. All right, yeah. folks, let's put on a show. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Now, September 3rd is a benefit. I wanted to mention this because it's a benefit. For uh, uh, the the proceeds are going to the weekend to end women's cancers, Uh, and we will have uh, some musical guests, uh, Janine uh, Janine Noyes and Spadina Station, who are great. And we'll be doing our thing, and we may, may even have some stand-up uh, that, that night. I want to ask you about you still the... still stand-up? Uh, I do. I do a little corporate stuff once in a while. I've done the debaters on CBC a bunch of times. What is corporate stand-up? What? It's I like, love Alcoa. It's, a, it's very... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you pretty know much. It's, uh, it's funny. It's, uh, it's, it's really lucrative, it but it's a lot more work than just going and doing mm-hmm. your act. Yeah. I did he, a, he does stand-up. I do sit-down. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he does sit-down in his basement. Yeah. In, um, his, in his bathroom. Getting back to uh, Dead Mile 5, yeah. um, could you... <laughs> you have ever predicted Joel. how big 
Uh, who are the other big ones? It's um, is it who's that one guy? You mean that, from Canada or no, no, just anywhere. in the world? Skrillex, you, you're talking about? But just uh, all the big isn't David uh, Avicii, uh, uh, yeah, Avicii, Tiesto. Yeah, could you have imagined that those Calvin Harris would become huge yeah. stars? Yeah. That they're the big stars. It's funny. A lot of people it's don't realize how back, big they are. Back in the day, there were a few people. Uh, I'm thinking uh, like Sasha mm-hmm. and uh, John Digweed, uh, who were uh, uh, Paul Van Dyke. You know, people who were a- absolutely mammoth in Europe. And we were considered lucky to be able to get them to come to Toronto and play. Because if you had a couple of thousand people at your event, it was and you had to pay these guys five, maybe $10,000. Then the clubs and the corporate sponsors got involved. You had the club like the government bringing these people in and throwing money at them like crazy. All of a sudden, they're making, you know, $10,000 is cheap. Mm-hmm. I remember being the first guy to bring Bad Boy Bill in from the from the States to play and having to pay him $1,500. And then he kept, and one day he came to me and said, I'm going to have to start charging you a bit more because I'm making ten grand a pop here. And for a private party not sponsored to pay this guy ten thousand yeah. dollars, there go your profits. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, these guys are these guys, and they are most of the guys are playing stadiums for a hundred thousand dollars or more plus a take of the gate. Can you explain yeah, to me? That yeah. blows yeah. me away. And, that, and again, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people in the mainstream of uh, music aren't aren't even a remotely aware of how big these people have become. But what do they do? They You go to a show, Dead Mouth <laughs> 5 is there, and what do they do? <laughs> what do they do? Well, they just play records. They play records, but it's the way, that, it's the style that, in which they play them. It's the music that they play. Sometimes it's exclusive, and they're the only ones who have it. It's music that they make themselves. So they make uh, the tracks. They, they mix it, they make they, it. Well, sometimes they'll, uh, some people will only play their own music. Most people will play other music as well. But they the the way that they play it, they might have, let's say, they've made a, a song. But they're not just going to put that on and play it. I, I say put that on, and I right, right, yeah. I think putting it on a turntable. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah. doesn't happen much anymore. <laughs> but they're not going to just play it. They're going to do other things to it. They're going to, they're going to remix it on the fly. Right. A guy like uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, in Toronto, Jell-O. I love uh, Jello. Yeah, J E L O, not Jello. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying in yeah. general, yeah. I love Jello. Yeah, he uh, he uh, will sometimes just get in there and and play with his computer. He'll actually remake the song as he's going going along. And that's well, what people go to pay. That's what they pay to see. That's what they the pay to see. The remixing. Okay. Yeah, the remixing and the style of doing it. And sometimes now uh, the show, you know, you got a guy like Dead Dead Mouth. <laughs> 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 you get a guy like him out there, and, and, and it's a full show with lights and, and, mm-hmm. and effects and this, that, and the other thing. It's like it's, sometimes it's a circus happening, and it's the atmosphere you go for. Okay. Speaking of pioneers, and we've tried to get him on the show a few times, Chris Shepard. Do you still talk to Chris Shepard? Do you know what he's doing, and why won't he come in here? He seems to be a recluse now. He is, a bit, he is uh-huh. a bit of a recluse, Dr. Shepard is. Yes. He has a doctorate in neuro, uh, his PhD in neurosciences. Really? He's what? working on a PhD in theology right now. What? I just saw him. He he just showed it. He just came. You know that I uh, I DJ at Pride every year. We have the right. South Stage. We have what's called known as the Dirty Disco, and uh, uh, for like fourteen years now or something. And uh, the phone rings one day uh, a week before, and it's Chris. He says, "I want to come by. I want to come by and see your uh, stage." So, yeah, sure, come by. So, of course, he shows up after I finish playing. Um, but uh, I'd heard all these rumors. Uh, I don't talk to him very often, maybe once a year or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all true. He has a doctorate in neurosciences. 
He's That'd be a great theology. It'd be we great to have him on. Yeah. Is there any way we could... Do you have a contact? Yeah, pimp your contact. I can... Uh, yes, yeah, so when, when we're not on the air, I mm-hmm. can okay. certainly try to set you up with Well, it. I'll tell you what. We're going to do... Uh, we have about a four-minute after show. It sort of is uh, right after we go off the air officially on Sirius. Although, I don't know why we do that anymore. Oh, I know why. Because of the uh, segment. Can I plug on. something that anybody can see in Canada? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, 40 seconds. Not, okay. Uh, I'm in a TV show. Uh, it'll be on City in the Fall called Meet the Family. Okay. I play the father in three of the episodes. It's a hidden camera prank show. Amazing. Well, Amazing. Where you, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you can look for me in that. Uh, Radio Project X and the improv uh, soap opera called Bellevilleville at the Monarch Tavern the first Thursday of every month in Toronto. Okay. okay. Here's what we'll do. We're going off because we have to stop this segment for the news talk. We'll continue with Don Burns. He'll tell you all about this news show and how you can see him uh, and we ha- will have our panel of men tomorrow we'll have beef jerky and Eileen returns okay there you go Beautiful. Seriously, beef jerky yeah yeah <laughs> this episode <laughs> this episode of Humble and Proud That's Radio highlight for both of us. <laughs> was brought to you yes it was by newcanadianmusic.ca and Dos Locos and Calatera Wines And as always, we broadcast to the world from the prestigious five-hour energy studios in beautiful downtown Etobicoke. More Humble and Fred tomorrow and online at humbleandfredradio.com. Humble and Fred say... Thank you very much for listening to the show. Thank you very much, thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much for not saying we suck. Thank you very, very, very much. Can't hear you! Thank you very much, thank you very, 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 doing this Hi, thing. Sorry, Why we're talking about re- I was just talking about Radio Project just, X. Having a conversation, no, do you doesn't mind? even care. I do care. You don't. I care too much. That's my problem. I know. That's what Spencer said like yesterday. Her. She man is really sweet. Oh, that's nice. She said, yeah. She's really she's very much an actress, yeah. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> what does that mean? I know. Both of them thought you were like real actor and they're like really I cool. Like I'm, hanging out with this you. This is my slum job. I know it is. <laughs> she's that's just true. Hanging out. Uh, Bernsey is uh, going to let you know in more detail now. You can see him on this new show. And um, what, did, what did you want to say? In Toronto, where? Where are we, where are we see the, 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 the uh, uh Meet the family or uh, Bellevilleville? Bellevilleville. Oh. Bellevilleville, which is next to Stouffville. Okay. <laughs> and Napanini. Bill. Uh, Bill. <laughs> Uh, Bellevilleville is an improvised soap opera at uh, the Monarch Tavern on Clinton, south of college. Okay. Uh, Monarch's a really cool venue. Great venue. Right. I love yeah, that yeah, venue. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And uh, we do this the first Thursday of every month. I play Dimitri Wiseman. I own the theater. Yeah, you play a Jew. <laughs> yeah. So I play a Jew on the radio. <laughs> this is radio Jew. I play a Jew's harp occasionally. Hey, 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 thank you. Hey, hey, right. I'm the prairie Jew. Hello. That's what is this silo doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's no silo. Exactly. What am I? What am I doing? Do I need? I need to fix something. I'll call someone. <laughs> Mr. Jewhead. You know, Mr. Jewhead. You know what my white... Yeah. That's, a, that's been my character. I've been calling myself Mr. Jewhead. Seriously, what a great name. I was wondering if you could help me. My or wife, you know what she's making for dinner? At least get me, let me hire someone. What? Mm-hmm. You know, my wife, you know what she's making for dinner? No. Reservation. Hey! So, Donnie... Um, Donnie. Yeah, Freddie. Being a radio guy and a program director, what do you think of the current state of our business? Radio. Um, I love it. 
What do you? Where, what's gone wrong, Don? Uh, what's gone wrong? It's the same thing that went wrong uh, uh, at Iceberg. You know, you're familiar with what we were yes. doing at Iceberg. Uh, and that is that people who have no clue what radio is about got involved at the highest levels. Mm-hmm. And their creativity is, is very simply involved with how to make money. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's the only thing they understand. They do not understand the art of radio. They don't understand the kind of people who listen to radio. They don't think forward into what radio needs to become to survive. And they're controlling that, it. Bingo right there. That's true. Yeah. yeah we've, uh, you know, you're speaking to the whatever choir, preaching to the... Well, yeah. Phones, we, uh, the synagogue. You're synagoguing <laughs> to the dance machine. <laughs> you and Dead Tim. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Death mouse. You know, now that I think about uh, <laughs> the guy who just Death make it. <laughs> why? Why does make? Why, why does making money have to mean bad radio? That's that's what bothers me and yeah. discussed. Good point. You know, because because they can't because a lot of these folks can't see beyond the ends of their noses. Uh, because you have you know as well as I do because you guys are personalities and you're not afraid to speak your mind, uh, and you're not afraid to say things that might be a little bit. Uh, no pun intended, edgy, mm-hmm. um, you know that that sometimes when you say something as a personality, you're going to offend somebody. Yeah. And when you offend somebody, they're going to call and make a complaint. And if that somebody happens to be a client of the radio station, mm-hmm. that sure. changes everything. One complaint changes everything. It doesn't mean anything in the terms of the number of people listening. Mm-hmm. No, but here's what, and, and you're right, it's even a step before that, though. What's now become offensive on modern radio is any talk. That's why the music stations never stop the music. They, they Occasionally, announcers will say a thing or two, but what's happened is they're so scared of anything. Thing yeah. that interrupts the PPM flow that there isn't even room anymore to be offensive or not. Just shut your mouth and play the hits. And what happens when you do have a, uh, a show that is talk-intensive on music radio is that you end up with somebody like Dean Blundell uh, and his cast of characters who are going to be so offensive that eventually it's, they're going to implode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. I like this discussion. Let's keep it going a little bit on our uh, podcast. We'll do a little podcast extra with the uh, very bright and talented... Podcast uh, extra, extra, extra. This is what we say. <laughs> uh, we'll see you back on uh, Sirius tomorrow. Thanks, Brody. I love listening to this. I could listen to this all day. Brody, bye. I love hearing about the history of... All right. Um, it's funny you mentioned Blundell because there was an opportunity and he and I... Again, not a lot of regrets, but we just wish we would have been given that opportunity to maybe roll those seven songs back to three or four an hour and, and being be given the opportunity to do this a little bit more, you know, like a little version of this. But it never happened. No. Until now. You know, edgy, <laughs> but intelligent. Um, yeah. And that's the big... And given a, given a chance to see if that would appeal yeah. to enough people to make it right. worthwhile. But nobody's willing to take a chance. No, well, they took a chance with Dean with at Blundell, and they, they got results. <laughs> yeah, they got they did get results. But the only thing is, what <laughs> there there are some results. What's <laughs> <laughs> the Blundell? <laughs> is that uh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. I um, I have a friend who uh, appeared with with Dean every uh, every week for uh, quite a while. He's a hypnotist. Uh, who appeared on the right. show? What's yeah. his name? Uh, Dave Curran. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, I so I tuned in to say Dave had been my producer at the last radio job I had, which is why his handle is Radio Slave Dave. 
and so he and he and I have remained friends. He was the one who suggested I get into improv, go take classes with him, and that started this whole resurgence into acting that that, that I've uh, done. And so I I tuned in to listen one morning and see how he was doing and what he was doing and. I tuned in an hour early, not realizing that he was actually on at 8.30. So I tuned in at 7.30 one morning. I listened for a whole hour. I didn't crack a smile once. I didn't understand what they were doing. Now, in all fairness to, to Blundell, um, I'm not his target audience. No, I'm he was very successful with a certain I'm, demo. I'm not remotely, and there's my dog. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful what kind of dog is that? It's a, He's a shepherd collie. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. A rescue dog. Fabulous dog. Anyway, he, he's not... Uh, not my uh, I, I, I'm not in any way shape or form close to the demographic that station was looking for so I just didn't understand it and I wrote it off to the fact that he wasn't trying to appeal to me yeah the fact that he uh, and, but you can't argue with his with his success I always thought it was great that he got that opportunity and they did really well with it mm-hmm. it, it really was a very successful show whether you liked it or not or you think he's got talent or not he did, it was a great opportunity yeah. That we kind of wish, wish we, we, we would have had. And we had asked many times over the years, could we just play a little less music and do more of that? Meaning more of us and less music. And uh, we're just a little bit of ahead of our time there. Great slogan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less more music. Mm-hmm. It would be. <laughs> you know, and, and just to close this thought off, a uh, few months ago, I think after we'd started this studio, because this is our second studio in this building. We'd been talking about this off the air about how, you know, back in the late 90s, just around the time Stern came to Toronto, when Fred and I were probably the most popular we ever were. Yeah. From 95, 6, and 7, and 8, we were the number one morning show with 18 to 34-year-old adults in Toronto. Which was your goal always, by the yeah. way. Congratulations. But <laughs> at the time, uh, we were not begging, but we were having discussions about dropping some of the music. And I said to Fred a few months ago, in retrospect... We were right. Because in retrospect, we've become the broadcasters we thought we could because we've been able to handle nonstop talking for almost three years now. Right. With some degree of success. And I just said, you know, it turned out it wouldn't have been such a bad idea to let us have that bit of leeway. But again, it wasn't done at the time. So, but again, I go back to Marsden too at CFNY. And what was his thing with Pete and Geats? You know, I always get tired of that term. Well, you know, if uh, the break's better than the song, don't play the song, but it better be better than the song. Well, Marston sort of said that to us, but he didn't mean it the same way. He used to say, you know, Pete and Geats could talk as much as they wanted, wanted as long it was as long as it was entertaining. But again, it, there was never those sessions afterwards going, what were you guys talking about? You should have played Depeche Mode instead. Mm-hmm. We always had that freedom. And that just made and made the show better. It made me and Mike Stafford better, too. Yeah. Because we exercised that muscle of being mm-hmm. able to talk and be creative. Mm-hmm. And Don will know this. And the that's prob- not happening now. No. no young broadcasters are No one's given the opportunity. Allowed to. And the problem mm-hmm. is because a, a, t- a consultant would say, mm-hmm. if what you're doing isn't as good as, you know, in the day Saved by Zero or, you know, some Katy Perry tune, then shut your face. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, no one, PPM has wrecked it. That's why when you asked Don about the current state of radio, like, there's no room for a renaissance except on talk radio. Because on yeah. music radio, I just got out of it a couple of years ago. They're so worried about Because do you understand that every time on music radio announcers speak, the, the meters go down? Doesn't matter what they're talking about. They just go down. So they never stop the music anymore. Interesting. 
that that's actually been shown with with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the and ironically, yes. I think my prediction: ten years from now, people, I don't think you'll hear music on the radio. Why do you need to? Yeah, why do you need to? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, it's perfect. Yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody's listening to the radio for music anymore unless they don't have the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, my two daughters are 16 and 19, and when they say, hey, have you heard that song? It's not because they heard it on the Rise Kids FM radio. or Virgin. They've heard it. They've shared it with each other. They listen to the radio to confirm it. Right. They've already heard it. Right. Uh, Don Burns, I, uh, go ahead. I'm just going to say, I, th- I think there might be an exception to that rule. I think that might be David's show on 94.9, mm-hmm. because people actually listen to hear the music. But not 19-year-olds don't. No, no, they don't. There are some, but yeah. you're right. Not Most of them are. Our, our, are our age group still likes to turn the radio on, and it's almost... Well, it's interesting what the Edge or Slash CFNY has done. You know, on Sundays now, they've gone back to the spirit of radio with Scott Turner, and they're playing all this music mm-hmm. that you think, how would that appeal to an 18... 18- the 34 year old nowadays they think that music's actually stupid yeah, yeah. so it's it's well because it's weird. the radio yeah. station is going to shift to a 25 to 50 year old demo because those younger you people are, right. are going away uh we got a uh, I, i'd love to have dawn on forever but you and i have a grown up meeting to get to and no uh, way yes. grown up meeting oh yeah that's why we're wearing <laughs> slacks <laughs> uh you can find dawn uh at uh, any number of places but the number one place would be what on twitter on facebook how do people facebook b e r n s b e r n s i spell my name with an e burns with an e your company b e r n s productions but you have a website too right well, as it's it's a page. Okay, so we'll listen, Facebook. Don Burns, Don Burns on Facebook. <laughs> Always okay. welcome here. Thanks, Maybe Don. We can get Don. Hey guys, some thanks ideas. for oh, you're sure listening to Humble and Friends. Humble yeah. and Friends. Jesus yeah. Christ, get a better voice in another <laughs> life. God damn it. The late great Don Burns, everybody. What a great conversation. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. There's almost a thousand in total, so knock yourself out and tell me what you think. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget, live shows return on Valentine's Day. How romantic. <laughs>